This podcast is produced by EnergeticCity.ca, your only local and independent news in Northeast BC. To support local news and this podcast, go to EnergeticCity.ca slash join to find out more. Welcome to the podcast Secrets of the North, a podcast about true crime in Northern BC. I'm your host, Emily Gallen. And I'm the co-host, Spencer Hall. Our podcast may contain mature content, and it usually does, so listener discretion is advised. Spencer, I've missed you. Hi, it's been so long. It's... Just kidding, we just recorded an episode. Yeah, we just went pee. Hi. How Hi. was your pee? It was it was good. I won. Uh good. yeah, very very productive. I don't Excellent. know. Excellent. I love that. You know Who what? asks that? I apparently I do. You just need to know. Are you're my urologist? I don't I, know. I am. I could make a lot of money doing that. I don't I don't know, know. if I'd want to do it. Yeah, I'd want to do it. I oh. mean I'm more into uh, I'm more into butts, but I mean, I can be persuaded. I'm not a proctologist. I'm just saying words. Wow. I'm liking the words you're saying. Well, before we kind of get going with more shenanigans, I think that we should acknowledge that we are recording today's episode and probably every other episode on the traditional and unceded and unsurrendered territory of the Deneza people. If you want to learn more about local First Nations, uh, look up. Uh, well, first off, check out Treaty 8. Uh, yeah the the treaty uh and and learn about that but also you can look into the doig river first nation and blueberry river first nation prophet river halfway river there's a lot of them uh they're all part of treaty eight and uh you'll get to know some fun facts or they could head over to our friends podcast don't like reading but you like listening you can listen to before the peace which is hosted by our good friends trey lapashinsky and jenna morland uh and that will give you a little bit uh, you know, something to listen to while you're doing your dishes. Excellent. Love it. Thank you, Spencer. Expand your mind, folks. I've got some updates for you. What? Apparently, the Rolla pub that we were drooling over mm-hmm. in the other episode, it's closed. Oh, my God. That is tragic. I know someone wrote me on Instagram and said it's permanently closed. Greg, which... can you edit in some sad music right now? Yeah. Do it. Okay. So she didn't want us to waste our time driving all the way out there. Oh, well, that's she's, nice of her. She's, she's very concerned about our gas mileage. She really is. I mean, the gas prices are outrageous. They're outrageous. So I told her that, you know, thank her for listening to the podcast and her kind words. Did you say thank her instead of thank you? I said you? thank you. Let's see what I said to her. What did you say to her? She said, hi, I love the podcast and look forward to every time I see it in my feed. Uh-huh. I'm from Dawson and I just wanted to let you guys know before the drive that unfortunately the Rolla pub is closed forever. That's so sad. I said, please tell me that's not true. But first off, thank you for listening to the podcast. Yeah, no, thank you for that. That really, that brightened up my day first when I read it and second now. And then I said, but you've simultaneously warmed my heart and then broken it. That's how the best people come into your life, Emily. Yeah, I'm gonna be best friends with this person okay well thank you for your kind words we have had a few people message in saying that they like the podcast which is nice yeah uh better than people messaging in saying that they hate it which has, does not happen very often i also had somebody message me and tell me what n-a-r stands for nar it's not nar. just like snowboard slang Mm-mm. it ain't shred the nar Mm-mm. it's the northern alberta railway that makes sense. Yeah, I yeah. know. <laughs> it's like one of those things where it's like, it should be obvious to us, but it's not. Like Kill Karen. You're like, oh, look at him. Where we could have just Googled it. Yeah. Yeah. No, we're not going to Google it. Well, if we're just talking about Dawson, I can't talk about Dawson Creek um, and not tell you about what's been happening. Yeah, I I know what you're about to talk to me about, and it's, it's very sad. Yeah. Uh, so get ready for that, listeners. 
So just recently, a young woman from Dawson Creek was murdered in Mexico. Yeah. Um, she was found dead in Mexico. We won't get into it. It's a very fresh new case. Her boyfriend, who she was traveling with at the time, is being held there. Yeah, uh, they believe he's a suspect. And they believe he's a suspect. Um, although I did read an article that said from um, the woman's name is Kiara, um, Kiara Agnew, and the family had said, please be respectful. We're still in this investigation phase. Mm -hmm. Be respectful to like our family and to the boyfriend's family as well. Yeah. So, yeah, because we honestly, we, we don't, don't know. know. Yep. So I I had to bring up that bad news. I'm sorry. Yeah. No, I think it's important to to touch on mostly because I think that you know, when these things happen, we want to be able to point the finger right away. Yeah. Uh, this man, I mean, we don't know. We don't know what happened. Uh, we weren't there. Uh, and also, it's a cross. Like, I think it's worth mentioning that it's going to take two countries' police forces to kind of un unravel what happened here. So yeah. it's going to take some time. And um, yeah, I was very, very upset to, to see that uh, when it happened. Yeah. Well, let's take me to a less depressing corner. Yeah. Um. So because actually this worked out pretty well that you brought this up because I decided that we we're going to do a wholesome crime corner. Oh, perfect. Um. So this isn't actually okay. I'll 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 tell you I, this might be cheating a little bit because it's not a crime, but it does have to do with the RCMP. Okay. So this was uh, earlier this year. So in February, uh, local seniors were treated to a night of dancing, food, and drinks with RCMP officers for Valentine's Day. Oh. So Constable Chad Newstater made an appearance and there Love are several Chad. photos of him dancing with seniors. So, I mean, apparently Chad can two-step, which is good for him. Um, so local seniors were treated to a night of dancing, food and drinks with RCMP officers for Valentine's Day. So Canadian. Last Saturday's Valentine's Day dance was the first time the Fort St. John and Area Senior Care Foundation held the event since 2019. Uh, so on February 14th, the seniors were also visited by not only Fort St. John RCMP members who were in full uniform, some of them wearing, I believe, their Mountie getup. Nice. Some of them wearing their normal uh, uniforms. Uh, they were also visited by students from Charlie Lake Elementary with handmade cards and a local musician, Naomi Shore, who we're hoping to have on for a non-episode talking about mental health and the mix, uh, the, the kind of bleed over that it has into the true crime community. Uh, so Naomi Shore is really wanting to join us for that. Uh, she also stopped by uh, with singing telegrams. So what you could do is you could give her like 50 bucks or something, and then she would come and do a singing telegram for you and your loved one. Happy Valentine's Day. So Roxanne Shomelik, the foundation's president, so the seniors care mm -hmm. uh, president, says that they've been putting on the RCMP and seniors dance for many years, but they had to stop because of the pandemic. Uh, so it was held at apartment three of the North Peace Seniors Housing Society, and it was sponsored by Sunrise Rotary. Uh, and they wanted to show their RC uh, appreciation for the RCMP and what they do for seniors. That's uh, cute. So, yeah, some of them were in full, like, the red Mountie regalia. And, and then old Betsy was just dancing with Chad, being like, yeah. you're my long-lost lover. I'm, oh, I can't tell you what Betsy was thinking. That's but, exactly uh, what Betsy was thinking. She's like, you are a man of authority, and you can two-step. Yeah. All right. Uh, so apparently the dance went really well with seniors, their families, and the RCMP officers all enjoying themselves. Uh, and it was, uh, you know, they got some live music uh, by Classic Country. Uh, and yeah, it was a very lovely event. I'm going to do, I'm, I'm going to flip this over so you can see the picture of it. Yeah, but show me. Like they got balloons hanging from the ceiling. 
Okay, okay. I see a little sea of silver yeah. happening up no, there. It, it looks like everybody's having a nice time for Valentine's Day. So That's good. They deserve it. I love old people. I love I also love old people. Um but I think it's great because, you know, seniors, especially during the pandemic, they they really didn't get to go out that much and also they were kind of the most at risk for everything. So, you know, they wanted to see their their family and they couldn't uh and now they can. So it's a regular event that they're hoping to put on next year. But anyway, I thought that was nice to highlight something that our local RCMP was doing to you know, give Perfect. back to the community. I'd like to highlight that my friends and I are going to start an old lady drug club. Okay. So when we're... Like, so it's so a future crime corner. Future <laughs> when you get arrested corner, yeah. for smuggling drugs in your butt. Well, we're not going to smuggle them. We're going to do them. We're, we've decided... Oh, you're just going to do drugs yeah, together. Yeah, since we don't like do drugs. We're like, well, when we're in our 80s... We're going to start. Yeah. Why not start dropping acid when you're 80? What, who's going to stop you? That's our plan. I love it. Yeah. Thanks. You, you can join us, too. Okay. I mean, I, it'll just have to be an old person drug club then. We'll, uh, we'll see if I've lived that long. Um, okay. Well, anyway, that's my crime corner. Uh, I hope everybody who attended the dance had a lovely time. Anyway, um, you know who else I really want to hear from? My butt. No, never. The sponsors. Yeah, the sponsors. All right. Let's hear from the sponsors. Yeah. Mm, yeah. Have you ever wondered about the story behind why a monument in Fort St. John was built? Or who started the first hockey tournament in northern BC? Check out Voices of the Peace, a podcast from NJXCity.ca that answers these questions and more. Host Ted Sloan sits down with the people who make this city and region a great place to live. Go to NJXCity.ca slash voices to find out more. Check out all of our podcasts. Go to NJXCity.ca slash podcasts. All right, Spencer, we're back for the deep dive, and I've got my pocket tissue with me, and like you said, I'm one step away from being an old lady. That's uh, your emotional support tissue? Yeah, it's oh. coming along with my emotional support um, Werther's Originals, oh, and uh, but there's probably a few loose Tic Tacs in that purse as well. Goodness. Okay. Well, that's fantastic. Sounds like you're one step closer to being able to do acid with your friends. Excellent. All right. Uh, bring me on this deep dive. What are we talking about? Okay. Today, I'm going to do something a little tad different. I'm going to regale you with two short stories that happened way back in the day, aka back in my day crimes. I would like to point out that I did not think about that when I did the Crime Corner talking about old people. Oh, really? No, that was completely on accident. <laughs> well, it worked out perfect. <laughs> Just so it's our listeners know, Emily and I do not talk about what the plan is for the episode until mm -hmm. we sit down and start doing it. Until we've already done it, and then we're like, oh, no, we need to go back and redo it. Yeah. It was 1944 in the Peace Country, and at the time, the Taylor Suspension Bridge just outside of Fort St. John was erected. <laughs> Sorry. Penis. And the first news article was published by the Alaska Highway News from Margaret and George Murray. Also known as Ma Murray. Yes, our new school. Uh, if you pop by the Fort St. John North Peace Museum, you get to learn all about Alaska Highway News and its uh essentially who started it which was obviously margaret and george murray um and really just kind of how uh media started in fort st john which is always a cool thing and they're they're still going yeah they're chugging along during this time the alaska highway was being built and the u.s army was still present in the area right yeah because they were still building the highway yeah yeah they were building the alaska highway at the time a woman by the name of shirley derocher was working for the u.s government quartermaster's laundry facility in Charlie Lake, B.C., which is just outside of Fort St. John, B.C., and she was beloved by all. Charlie Lake is also very beautiful <laughs> during certain times of the year. When the algae is blooming in August. 
Or do you mean when it's frozen for the other 10 months? I like Charlie Lake. Also, shout out to Bruce Kasugi. He is with the Charlie Lake Conservation Society, and he actually took me out on his canoe on Charlie Lake and showed me all the vegetation and the difference. So it's not actually like, it's not a lot of algae, but there are a lot of plants. Uh, And the district, the regional district is looking at whether or not they want to get rid of the plants or not. Well, you can tell that to my swimmer's itch when I was nine. Okay, well, I'm sorry. It builds character. On the morning of July 19th, Shirley was found deceased. Her throat had been cut. Ooh. Gossip on the street was that Shirley was having extramarital affairs and that her husband had murdered her because of it. Is that gossip on the street? Is that like the 1940s way of saying word on the street? Yeah, it is. Okay, cool. Hey, come on, get your gossip. Gossip on the street street here. Gossip on the street here. Gossip on the street. Step right up. Gossip on the street here. Are you Um, her husband? It's you. you. Are you you her husband? Guards. Uh, That's not how that went. And uh, a woman did die. So, From what I could find... The husband was suspected by the RCMP, yeah, and the RCMP immediately went looking for him. So, like, is it really that common that it is the husband, or is that one of those things where, like, historically we've thought it's the husband and now they're overrepresented? No, I think statistically it's the husband. Okay. Because statistically you're more likely to get murdered by somebody close to you. That's why there's no one close to me. Mm -hmm. Just kidding. I have many people that are close to me, so maybe I'll get murdered. We'll see. PeaceCountryRoots.ca shared an old news clipping called Murder Suspect Dying. It said that Mr. DeRocher, the husband of Shirley, was found and arrested within a few yards of his alleged crime. And I quote, Mrs. Brown, the wife of the man who found Mrs. DeRocher with her throat cut, went to her feed shed shortly after 8 a.m. to get the chicken feed and was horrified to see the accused lying on an old mattress with a revolver on his chest and a bullet hole in his forehead. He was removed and taken to a hospital with only a 50-50 chance of survival. Jeez. Also classic 1940s. Not Mrs. Brown, who found it. No, yeah. Mrs. Brown, the wife of the man who found... Well, I guess actually, no. I Sorry. I was... Uh, first off, I, I just am not used to uh, seeing media cover it as the wife of. Uh, but I guess it kind of makes sense because... He found Mrs. DeRocher, and then she found Mr. DeRocher, so it kind of makes sense. Oh, that does make sense. Yeah. I actually didn't even put that together. Thank oh, you. Oh, okay. Well, I know how to read, so. I'm also quite I'm impressed so with... I'm also quite impressed with the 50-50 chance of survival. Yeah. Bullet hole in the forehead. In the, especially in the 40s. Although, I guess maybe guns weren't that great back then. I don't know. And he obviously survived because he ended up getting charged with her murder. Well, I mean, if he did it, probably a good shout. Mm-hmm. According to the court documents, on March 6, 1945, Philip John DeRocher was charged with his wife's murder in front of the courts in Fort St. John, B.C. This court document requests that Mr. DeRocher actually be moved from his prison in Okahala Prison Farm. In New Westminster? Yes. And they wanted him to be moved to the Provincial Mental Hospital in Essendale, B.C., the document claims that there was sufficient evidence that Mr. DeRocher was mentally ill at the time of the murder. Okay. Ogala Prison. Oh, it that's our favorite up. prison, apparently. Uh, I keep thinking... I just think about the lake. Uh, I know. But I keep thinking we've talked about it, and then we don't talk about it, and then we talk about it, and then I'm confused about when we've talked about it. But mm-hmm. Ogala Prison's... Basically... That was like one of the main prisons in, back in the day, right? Yeah, it's where everybody went to get executed. Oh, fun. And I think it was a working farm prison. People and it's are... the one where they did those cosmetic surgeries on the inmates. Oh. So, yeah, so that is where most of the executions in BC were carried out. When was the last execution at Ocala? Mm, 
let me check here. I'm going to guess 1959. No, you're fucking not. She's looking at it right in the notes, everybody. Emily's a fraud. Oh, beautiful. And, you know, it's no longer there. It closed down in the 90s, and it's probably turned into... I hope that it was. I hope it's turned into Brandon Point Two Lake. According to the Peace Country Roots article, Shirley DeRocher was a beautiful and popular woman, beloved by all who knew her, and she will be sadly missed by her many friends. She leaves behind her two small children named Mary and Dennis, and many other beloved family members and friends. Mrs. DeRocher's funeral was held on July 27, 1945, at St. Martin's Church, and she was interned at North Pine Cemetery overlooking her childhood home. Oh, that's sad. Did he ever get charged? Like, did he, did we find out, like, whatever happened to Mr. DeRocher? Well, it's, from what I could find, it sounds like he went to prison. Um, but then he was transferred to the provincial mental hospital. Okay, Spencer, I'm going to take you to another olden day crime. And this one was from a story I found in the South Peace Historical Society's webpage. This one happened in 1910, and it involved two trappers by the names of Coleman and Trotter, who were living together near Pooscoopy. So, according to Pooscoopy.ca, my third favorite website. Your third favorite website is Pooscoopy.ca. Nice. Pooscoopy. I didn't know I was asking you. <laughs> nice. Pooscoopy was named after the chief of the beaver nation, Pooscappy. In the beaver language, this word, Pooscappy, means the place where the beavers had a dam and went away and left it, which is extremely literal, but I'm here for it. That is very literal. So essentially, mm. it's just an abandoned beaver dam. Yeah. And in French, Pouscoupi means cut thumb. Do you think they cut their thumb on the abandoned beaver dam? I don't know. I don't know. All right. It's, but that's what it is. I could not for the life of me figure out how to pronounce Pouscoupi until I, well, I had to Google it. Uh, and then it's like, there are two pronunciations. There's Pouscoupi and Pouscoupé. So then I was calling it Pouscoupé. And then mm -hmm. Trey came into my office and he was like, stop pronouncing it that way. <laughs> and for the listeners, Pouscoupi or Pouscoupé. Uh, it's not, it's Pouscoupi. Okay, Pouscoupi. It's located right near Dawson Creek, BC, which is about 45 minutes from Fort St. John, where we are right now. Yes. So Coleman and Trotter, they mm -hmm. like each other? No, these two were known to quarrel. I mean, I can't blame them. They were living in a shed, probably in frigid winter conditions. And apparently it was not uncommon for trappers to lose their tempers and eventually their minds. An article I found quoted, Whatever the cause, Coleman became furiously angry with Trotter for working with a hammer and a chisel while he was hollowing out a log for a water trough. Perhaps Coleman was being kept awake by the regular bang-bang, the same way those who suffer from Chinese water torture do, and go mad from the regular falling of a drop of water. Also, could you imagine, you're in a tiny shed and you're trying to sleep, and this... But this, <laughs> this, this dude... This just... douche with a... Ch tink! 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 <laughs> like, I would lose it. I'm sorry. Like, I know, maybe too. not, I mean, as we see, maybe not as much as, as this this dude, but... Like, that would be annoying. Like, I can, I don't agree with murder, but I can say that that would probably be very annoying. Listen, the, the means might justify the end. I, I don't think so. <laughs> In any case, Coleman reached for his gun hanging on the wall, and Trotter struck him on the forehead with the hammer, and Coleman dropped like a stone. Ooh. The frightened Trotter ran all the way to Trombley's store to summon help, but on their return, they found Coleman dead. I think it feels like one of those, you know, you lose it for a moment and then you're kind of like, oops, a daisy. I also feel like, though, I don't know. I think Buddy lost it like Coleman did. And then 
Trombley is just trying, or tr- not Trombley, uh, Trotter is just trying to defend himself. I feel like that's a pretty cut and dry, like, self-defense. Yes, okay, yeah. Accord, like, if that's true and Coleman grabbed his gun off the wall, then it kind of makes sense that Trotter, who is working with the hammer, it's not like he picked it up and was like, ah, he had the hammer in his hand. You see someone coming out with you, you with, or coming at you with a gun. I would hit him with a head and ha- with a hammer too if somebody was angrily coming at me with a gun. Yeah, I think I could agree with that. And I looked into Tremblay after the fact, and it turns out he was one of the first settlers, and he actually passed away in 1916, just six years after that murder. And just so we don't confuse the listeners, Tremblay is the guy who owns the store, right? Yes. Okay. Potter is the guy who was making a trough with a hammer. Mm-hmm. Coleman is the guy who did not like that and went mm-hmm. after him with a gun. And then Tremblay is the guy who has a store. Exactly. Okay. Oh my God, you are following this better than I am. I love you. I'm trying my best. So Tremblay, the owner of the store, I think this is great. He left Trotter in charge of the store while he went off by dog team to Peace River, which was 160 miles away to fetch a Sergeant Anderson. Okay, so that's like, that's not like a quick jaunt either. I think it's interesting that you're like, oh, you just killed a man? Okay, let me check. Watch the store. Yeah, that's exactly what it is. So he's obviously not threatened by Trotter. He gives him full reign of the store. Yeah. So I'm I'm feeling like that self-defense is coming to fruition here. Yeah, like, I mean, I feel like if he was like, yeah, he came out with me with a gun, like, I didn't know what to do. Then, yeah, yeah I'd probably be like, okay, watch the store for a second. I'll go see if he's okay. Mm-hmm. So Trombley heads off with Dog Team to Peace River. Trotter stays at the store and... To go fetch the one RCMP officer that yes. they had at the time. Yeah. Yes. And Coleman, the deceased, was left where he was. Okay. okay. So the frightened Trotter ran all the way to Trombley's store, right, to go summon help. But when they went back to the... So Trombley and Trotter has, have already been back to the scene at this point to be like, oh, yeah, he's dead. And then came back and then was like, okay, watch the store. I'll go get police officer yes okay so it sounds like sergeant anderson came from peace river mm-hmm. met with trombley and trotter and they all went back to the shack together this is where sergeant anderson checks on oddly enough the unfinished water trough <laughs> making sure it's done just making sure yeah he's like well we need that water trough regardless so yeah uh, he checks on the gun and the hammer cooperating the story i'm assuming yeah and at that time trotter was arrested that makes sense. He's the one who hit him with the hammer. Mm-hmm. It, it makes sense. It's almost like he was on parole, like let out on bail. Like what? Because he's manning a store. Yeah, I guess so. <laughs> he's being a pretty decent citizen. Yeah, I mean, he could have ran. He did not run. I mean, I am pretty surprised that he went to get help and this Trombley guy was like, yeah, you can just stay here and uh, man the store. Fine. Yeah, I, yeah, I don't know if I would have. I don't know if I would have done that, but I also, maybe things were different in 1910. Who knows? It was over 100 years ago. Sergeant Anderson came to investigate and determined that they needed to take the body to Kamloops for a trial. But Coleman's body was stiff. A Mountie actually decapitated his head to bring to the trial, since it was the only part of the body that bore evidence to the crime. What the hell? Yeah. I'm sorry. That's pretty messed up. It's interesting. And for listeners, Kamloops is not close. No, that's a long dog sled ride. That, like, how long does it take to drive? Wait. 14 hours? At least. So wait, hold on. Was he, did they take? hmm. They just took the head. Yeah. Okay. So they took the head, but like, you take that on the train? I'll tell you how they took it. Okay. So the sergeant and Trotter had no easy task of getting the evidence to trial, as it turns out. No, you're carrying around a decapitated head. One night while the sergeant was sleeping, Trotter woke him up to tell him that the evidence, 
the head, was about to be stolen by none other than the sled dog. See, again, he's he's going out of the way to make sure that the evidence is there. Yeah, He is doing his due diligence. Yeah. The head was put in a gunny bag and hung up on a tree, but that was low enough for a dog to snatch. Oh. Thankfully, they kept the head, but they went on to face a horrid blizzard in which Trotter actually helped keep his jailer alive. What's this guy? This guy. This guy. It's a great guy. I mean, we don't know yet. Okay. Mm. When they made it to Kamloops to present the evidence, and I quote, he rolled it into the view of the horrified judge and jury. He pointed to the wound and asked, Sir, what do you think was the cause of death? The startled judge replied, Decapitation, of course. Yeah, I was wondering about that because, I mean, like, you already, you kind of messed with the evidence. I mean, I know that, like, that was the only way you could get it back in the time. But at the same time, if you just, like, slice off a dude's head, that reminds me of, um, would you ever watch Evil Genius? Yes. Yeah. So, like, you know how they had, like, he had the bomb collar or whatever, Uh and then the police had to decapitate him to get the bomb collar off. So, like, the bomb, like, quote unquote, went off. But, like, it only, I think it only, like, propelled shrapnel into his chest. So, like, he was still, you know, intact, but they couldn't get the bomb collar off without destroying it. So then they made the split second decision to decapitate him on a public street. Um, I guess, really, the, the lesson here is don't decapitate people. Yeah, that's doesn't something matter. we can gather from this. Doesn't matter if they're alive or dead. Just don't do it. Don't live in a trapper's cabin. Um, don't travel by dog sled. If you are living in a trapper's cabin with somebody else, don't make a water or a water trough don't with a it. chisel and hammer while someone's trying to sleep. In the end, Trotter was found not guilty due to self-defense and released back to the peace country. See, that one Yay, makes sense. I don't Trotter. It's like really sad with like what happened to Coleman because it I it I does sound like someone just, you know, lost his shit and mm-hmm. unfortunately like just a bad bad situation. He's like you will make water drops no longer and uh, we don't know if he ever did. App, we don't know. It, I'm going to guess Some that say Trotter... he's still making water troughs to this day. Except oh, he wasn't because bless. that was 113 years ago. Yeah, she was a while ago. Okay, well, that's my second case, Spency. Wow, that's, that was really interesting. Um, yeah, there is a lot of decapitation talk. Uh, wasn't expecting that, but... Dogs, decapitation, blizzards, I mean, trappers. this guy, you know, again, I when someone dies, you know, justice is important. But this guy, like, ran to go get help, watched a man's store, Traveled with a dude who arrested him with a and traveled with him with a decapitated head. Yeah, watched over the head, made mm-hmm. sure dogs didn't eat it, and also made sure that the guy who arrested him remained alive in a blizzard. Yeah. I feel like this is a pretty stand-up guy, and it's the smartest thing that he could have done because he's, like you said, preserving the evidence. Again, not here to you know blow sunshine up someone who murdered somebody's butt, but at the same time. It sounds like he was very interested in making sure that justice was served. All right. Well, okay. that was really interesting. I like Thanks, I like kind of the older older crimes because it's interesting to see how people operated back then. Yeah, me too. Um, but yeah. Anyway, uh, anyone with more information on these crimes, please feel free to reach out to us on Instagram at Secrets of the North underscore podcast, or you can send us some suggestions of cases that you would like to see covered. You can do that. We have a page at energeticcity.ca, and you can shoot us a email. Um, or you can send us a message on Instagram. I'm hall.spence at Instagram. What is your username, Emily? I am E to the underscore G on Instagram. Heck yeah. Heck yeah. All right. 
Well, uh, we will have uh, some pictures and stuff uploaded for you on Instagram yep. uh, so you can further connect with the content. Um, and yeah. All right. Good day, Spencer. Good day. I say good day to you, sir. I say good day to you, madame. I say good day to you, sir. I say I cut my thumb. I say I cut my thumb at you, sir. I have what? Thanks for listening to this EnergeticCity.ca podcast. EnergeticCity.ca is your only local and independent news in Northeast BC. To help keep us independent and to support this podcast, go to EnergeticCity.ca slash join.